Welcome to the podcast for emerging and blue-collar leaders. This is The Growth Project. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Growth Project. I hope you're well. I'm your host, Jason Van Cole, and today we're diving headfirst into the all-important world of feedback. And in particular, in this case, for this episode, we're talking about giving effective feedback. We'll do another one on receiving feedback and professional growth and personal growth. But this time we're focusing on giving effective feedback because this is a critical skill for a leader. We all know that feedback can be a minefield. If you think to situations where you've been given constructive or critical feedback, it can be really daunting. It can be a hard pill to swallow. It's a really uncomfortable situation to be in sometimes. But what some people don't realize is that it is just as uncomfortable for the person giving the feedback. That's what we're focusing on today to try and make this a bit easier for you. So if we make our feedback too blunt, we are risking causing offense. If it's too vague, we won't see any change or improvement. That's why we're going to spend some time on this today. We're going to look at a couple of uh, different approaches and lots of different things to think about when it comes to how you give your feedback to people. So what we want to do though, as a leader, is we want to give effective feedback that motivates people, that inspires growth and it fuels a culture of continuous improvement. That's where we see our teams thriving. So providing effective feedback, like I said, is a critical skill for any leader. When it's done right, it can motivate, it will inspire growth. Like I said, um, here are some things to think about. The first thing I want to talk about is the classic feedback sandwich, okay? And And I think this can be a really effective tool. I do think it has its disadvantages though that I'm going to talk about and I'm I'm really becoming more interested in a different approach which we will get to a bit afterwards. But the classic feedback sandwich, you might have heard of this before. If you haven't heard of it, when I describe it, you'll know it. You'll have seen it. You'll have heard it before. I guarantee it. The feedback sandwich or sometimes called the compliment sandwich is a technique where we give the what, what you would consider maybe the negative or I don't like using the word negative, let's say critical feedback or constructive feedback. It's sandwiched between two pieces of positive feedback. This model has uh, lots of different opinions, both on pros and cons, or for and against, and its effectiveness often depends, though, on the context and the individual that's receiving the the feedback and some other things too, like how often it's used and how genuinely the positive feedback is, how genuine and relevant that it is. And I talked a lot about this to people that I um, coach and mentor on providing feedback. If we're not genuine and in our approach, in our positive feedback, and, and, and it's not relevant to the situation, then it really is not effective. But let's talk about the advantages of this of the feedback sandwich first. The first advantage, I think, is that it eases you into the difficult situation. It can be a, a way to initiate the conversation uh, that feels less uncomfortable. 
it can help you take that first step and open up that conversation. Sometimes that's the hardest part to overcome, right? And it can also help the other person feel a little bit more at ease with the conversation, the fact that it's opened up on a positive. And that that can mean that they're more receptive to what's about to come. So the other positive is that it promotes positivity. So by starting and ending on a positive note, that sets the overall tone of the feedback and it can feel more balanced for some people. And it can also reduce defensiveness. So it can take away that immediate defensiveness or that um, remembering we've spent a lot of time talking about the fight, flight or freeze response in people. This can help avoid or minimize that response. Let's talk about the disadvantages though, because they're very obvious, I think. And if you've been on the receiving end of maybe a poorly constructed piece of of feedback sandwich, you will recognize this. It can be really predictable. So if you use it too often, uh, the sandwich approach can become very predictable and people are just waiting for the but. You know, here's some really good feedback about what you've done, but here's the bad thing. And don't worry, I'll make you feel better about it by putting something nice on the end again. Okay, but what what that does, though, is that does also introduce the potential of diluting the really important message. Okay, if we if we're focusing too much energy on making the other person feel good about themselves afterwards, that can take away from the impact of the message that you've sent, which really contains the crux of what improvement you need to see. And it can be confusing as well if if the critical feedback isn't clearly separated from the positive feedback the other person might not clearly understand what actual improvement is required so that's something to be mindful of as well and the other thing that i think and probably equally is um potentially uh not maybe damaging or not as effective up there with the predictability issue is that it might feel inauthentic. So if we're just giving the positive feedback to soften the negative feedback or the critical feedback, that can feel really obvious and that will have the effect of eroding trust. And you know we've spent a lot of time talking about building trust versus eroding trust on this podcast if you've been listening to the other episodes So like I said, the feedback sandwich can be a really effective tool and I do use it from time to time. And and I I guess I would say up until recent times, that's probably been my primary method of providing feedback. But the more I've been researching, I've come across another model that I think might um, be a little bit more fit for purpose for me for many situations because I don't think it has some of those drawbacks like the predictability and the authenticity perception perception issue. The other approach of the model that I just mentioned is called the SBI model. SBI stands for Situation, Behaviour and Impact. So let's talk about situation. 
So what we're saying is that you need to be uh, specific about when and where the behavior or the issue has occurred. So, and not generalizing, very specific. We then focus on the behavior. You might recall us talking about this in the episode around using I statements. So we're going to describe the behavior or the issue that we've seen. We're going to avoid interpretations or assumptions and judgments. Then we're going to focus on the impact explain the effect of the behavior that it's having on you, on the team or the project or whatever it happens to be. So there are some clear advantages for using the SBI model, including the fact that it encourages dialogue. So by providing a clear structure, the SBI model can pave the way for a two-way conversation. After you share the situation the behavior and the impact, the feedback, the per- you giving the feedback, you can then ask the recipient for their perspective. This can help foster understanding and collaboration uh, throughout the conversation as well. Let's talk versatility is the next clear advantage. So it can be used very easily for positive and constructive feedback. So whether you're acknowledging a job well done or addressing an area that needs improvement, This model provides the framework that applies to both of those situations, which is really helpful. It does also support development and growth. This is because um, it's guiding the other person towards actionable steps for improvement. When they understand the exact behavior and its implications or the effect that it's having, they can work on replicating the positive behaviors or changing the negative ones or the what's contributing to the issue. It does, equally like the feedback sandwich, reduce emotional reactions because we're focusing on observable facts, things that we've seen happen, things that there's visible evidence for. So it's not based in, in judgment or anything like that. So that will naturally minimize emotional reactions and that makes it easier for individuals to accept the feedback once they've heard it. It also promotes accountability by pinpointing exactly the behaviors and their impacts. Like I said, the SBI model encourages the person to take responsibility for their actions And that leads to personal and professional growth. And why would we not want to see that in our teams? That's what we're, that's what we strive to see. Whatever method you choose to give your feedback, there are some ground rules I think that we should all follow regardless of the method. The first one is to check your intent. So the first thing I always say to people about when we talk about giving feedback is why are you giving the feedback? Is it because you see a genuine need for or, or opportunity for improvement and growth? Or is it because you're upset or you're frustrated or you're angry or you want to get back at the person or you want to punish them because you got punished? Or So what is your purpose for giving the feedback? Because there are right reasons to give feedback. We want to see people grow. We want to inspire people. We want to motivate people. But if we're doing it for those wrong reasons – 
then that that's a clear indicator to ourselves that we we shouldn't be giving the feedback. Then to further self-reflect, ask yourself if you have any biases or are there any other external factors that are affecting your feedback um, and making sure, like I said, that your, your feedback is coming from the right place. Be timely. Offer the feedback as close to the event or the issue as is possible. This ensures that the details are fresh in everyone's mind and it's also good practice to become more comfortable with the uncomfortable conversations. And like I said before, that's sometimes the, the biggest barrier to overcome is the fear of having the conversation in the first place. That will slowly get a little easier over time. The next thing is to make sure you're very specific. Vague feedback is not helpful. Uh, instead of saying, for example, good job, let's give an example of a positive feedback interaction. Instead of saying good job to someone, go a bit further and explain specifically what was good about it. So for example, your presentation was really well structured and you answered the question, the questions confidently as opposed to good job. That was great. Okay. You can see the clear difference there. I've spoken at depth in on this, this next point, focus on the behavior and not the person. Avoid labeling. Avoid making personal attacks. Say things uh, like, I noticed you've been arriving late to meetings rather than saying you're always late. Choose the right setting. Some feedback is best given in private. I think this is fairly common sense, but uh, while positive feedback or praise can be shared publicly, sorry for my uh, tongue twister there, because uh, that can be a source of team motivation and encouraging continuous improvement as well and fostering a, a really nice team atmosphere. Make it a two-way conversation as well. Don't make it a, a lecture. Ask for the other person for their perspective or if there are any uh, underlying reasons for the behaviour or for the issue occurring. This approach ensures you understand the, the full context. You might not have the full picture. We have spoken about that in previous episodes also. And it also, more importantly, shows that you care as a leader as well. Make sure you listen actively. Be open to what the other person has to say. Uh, this might give you insight into the reasons behind certain behaviors. It might give you other trains of thought as well. And if you combine that with being making sure that you are forward-looking, um, instead of solely focusing on what went wrong, also start to be solution focused, discuss any strategies or changes that can lead to a better outcome in the future. Also offer support. If someone needs to develop or change or improve in any way, discuss how you or your, or the business or the team can support them. This could be in the form of training, other uh, resources, uh, coaching or mentoring. Uh, once you have a plan in place, follow up. Revisit the feedback after some time to see if the desired changes are taking place. This shows that, firstly, the feedback was, was a valid concern of yours in the first place. Uh, it shows that you're invested in their growth and success and it will help promote a growth mindset. 
for everybody involved. So frame the challenges as opportunities for growth and development. Encourage the belief that abilities and intelligence can be developed with effort and with learning and, and persistence. And then the last thing I think is to be consistent. If you provide the feedback, be consistent in the way that you do it uh, so that people know what to expect from you. There's, that, that helps build that trust that we keep talking about. And of course, if you're managing a large team, it will help avoid any perceptions of favoritism or any issues like that as well. So you have to remember though, that the way that we give the feedback um, will often influence how it's received and we need to approach the feedback situation with empathy and with clarity and with a real genuine desire to help uh, if we do this, we have a much more, uh, much higher likelihood of having a positive impact with our feedback. Can I offer up a scenario then? Let's have a look at, at a scenario where I'll, I'll use uh, the SBI model to provide feedback to a, an employee. Let's say in this example, the employee's name is James, who's been consistently missing some required information on their completed paperwork for their job. Let's have a go. Hey, James, can we discuss the recent work orders you've been completing? Sure. What's going on? Well, I've been reviewing the last five work orders that you submitted, specifically last week's jobs, and I noticed that some of the required information, like the materials you used and the time you spent on the job, is consistently missing from the forms. Without these details, you see it's hard for me to invoice the work accurately, and this could potentially affect how much we earn. It could also delay payments, or it could even lead to invoicing disputes with our customers. So you can see why that might be a problem. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I've been focusing a lot on getting the work done that I had overlooked some of the paperwork. Yeah, look, I really appreciate your dedication to completing the task at hand and getting the job done. I really do. Um, it is essential, though, that we maintain these records really thoroughly. Would it help if I gave you a checklist or maybe some training to help make sure that we don't miss anything in the future? A checklist sounds like a great idea, actually. That way I can cross-check before I hand them in. Thanks for the heads up. I'll make sure it gets done. Okay, please excuse my shameless use of um, the, the geeky use of an AI, <laughs> AI voice generator. Uh, I saw it as an opportunity to have a little bit of a play around there as well. But I thought it might be helpful to, um, to frame the scenario a little easier if you had two different voices there. So let's reflect back on that uh, and pull apart the feedback that I provided to James under the SBI model. So the situation, I really framed the fact that I'd been reviewing the last last week's uh, work orders. So uh, I explained the situation, situation really clearly and specifically. The next was the behavior. So I pointed out that I'd been noticing that some of the information was missing. And you'll notice that I avoided judgments and I avoided attacks and I just focused on the pure facts. And the fact was that when, uh, when I looked at those forms, some of the information like the materials used and the time spent on the job was missing. 
And then I explained the impact. I explained that it can cause errors with the invoicing. And I explained that the invoicing uh, issues could manifest in lack of earnings and disputes with the customer and delayed payments. So when we focus on the facts, uh, observable facts, that really minimizes opportunity for emotions to take over. And I hope you can see that. So the important thing to remember too is to go easy on yourself. It can feel really daunting to give critical feedback to people. And uh, like myself and my guests in the past have mentioned on this show as well, there's only one way to gain confidence in having difficult conversations and that's by doing it. Have a listen to, again, the amazing Simon Sinek and his advice on where to start if you're struggling with the concept of starting a difficult conversation. Um, If you don't trust your skills on how to have an uncomfortable conversation, then say something like this. I need to have an uncomfortable conversation with you. I'm afraid of having this conversation because I'm afraid that I'll say the wrong thing or it'll come out the wrong way and make things worse. So please be patient with me as I try to fumble through this and get out what I need to tell you. But it's more important to me that I have this conversation with you and try and address this situation than avoid it because this relationship matters to me and I want to go through this with you. Can we have that conversation? And I always do that. I always ask permission. Can we have that conversation? Can I have this conversation with you now? Because they may not be in the mindset for it. They may say, yes, I want to have this conversation, but can we have it in an hour, right? So as opposed to being sprung on them. So I have to have an uncomfortable uncomfortable conversation with you. Can I have it now? Yes. Okay. Now you want to engage in something called FBI. It's just a mnemonic. Um, You can do it in any order, but you have to have all three. Your feelings... Okay. Um, I love Simon Sinek's work and I've definitely pointed everybody to his work in the past and I'll do it again. Um, he's got some incredibly amazing content for, for leaders um, of any industry, I think. So what I love about that clip is it really highlights the point that if you want to build an, a genuine trust and connection with your team, and if you want to, that, that technique that he, that he gave in that example, was a great example of embracing vulnerability. So vulnerability, in my opinion, is severely lacking in many of us in the workplace. And I truly believe that this should be the foundation on which we build trust, both in your personal and your professional relationships, vulnerability. I'll be exploring vulnerability in another episode in much more detail. And I've got a feeling that 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 episode will be quite powerful. I'll make sure you don't miss that one. So that's all I have for you today. That's a wrap on this chat. We've taken a bit of a deep dive into the world of giving feedback. There's a lot deeper we can go, but we will keep dipping the toes in the water on the, in this space. But I think that's plenty there to give you a really good start. And I'd encourage you to go back and listen over this episode again or focus in on particular parts that might be helpful and start using these techniques. I would really encourage the use of the SBI model. But if you are going to use the feedback sandwich model, 
please just go back to that section and have another listen over and make sure you avoid some of the pitfalls of that of that technique. Um, hopefully that has demystified some of this. Um, like I said, it is an essential leadership skill. Remember, when you are sandwich, sandwiching your uh, critique between compliments uh, or whether you're using the situation behavior impact framework, whatever it is, make sure you self-reflect after every situation and analyze how it went and have a genuine intent to help your team grow. If it comes from the right place, you're already on the right track. So ultimately, uh, feedback is all about fostering growth for you, for your team and your business. Have a, have a good think about it and start planning how you're going to address feedback in the future. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. Uh, take care of yourself and your teams and I'll see you on the next episode. 